0: Praise God. Morning. Welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. Pastor Mike here. Why don't we go straight to prayer? Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we just praise you and magnify thy name, O Lord God, and we thank you and welcome this day that you have made, O Lord God. We shall rejoice and be also glad in the Lord. I pray, Heavenly Father God, that as we've gathered here, O Lord God, to hear and partake of your word, O Lord. I pray that Holy Spirit will minister to every single listener that is out there today, O Lord God. Speak to them, O Lord God, for you know the needs, know the desires, you know what's going on in their lives, O Lord God. Touch them, O Lord, in your own special way. We praise you, Heavenly Father, and I give this time and this space entirely over to you, O Lord. Take it where you will, for your honor and your glory and your praise. In the mighty, matchless name of Jesus Christ, amen. Praise God again, Pastor Mike here. Let me just start by saying at the outset, why don't you go and grab your Bible, hit pause, go get that Bible, come back, pencil marker, piece of paper to take some notes on. You'd be surprised what Holy Spirit will place on your heart as you're marking up your Bible and taking notes that will come back to help you later on as the issues of life come upon us. Amen. Amen. So praise God. Again, here we are just days away from Christmas. And, um, and I hope, I pray and I hope you have a very blessed and, and a merry Christmas. And, you know, and as we're getting closer to the day and so forth and uh, it, you know, amidst the shopping and the Preparation, you know, if you're having family over, food gathering, and all that sort of thing, um, you know, think about again what this season means, you know. And I hate to use the overworked phrase, but what is the meaning? You know, Jesus, it, Jesus is the reason for the season, but do we really know and understand, you know, who Jesus is? You know, we're celebrating his birth and everything. So today, I want to look at a little bit about him and 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 understanding about what the birth represented and and the challenges even at the very 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 onset of his existence on this earth, the challenges that were against him, the things that were going on, uh, to stop his birth, you know, and to, to do away with him at the very beginning, you know. And this is a beautiful time of year. It's a joyful time of the year. Um, this message, this sermon, should not at all be anything that is down, to make you feel down, but I just want you to understand what his birth really signified and how important it is because the forces of darkness wanted to stop him from the very beginning there. Okay, from birth, I wanted to stop him. But first, let's just start out by going to um, uh, John, John 1, John 1, verse 1. Okay, let's go to John 1, verse 1. Oh, well, thank you, Jesus. John 1, verse 1. Thank you, Jesus. John 1. And I'm sure you know these scriptures because we've been here many, many times. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, okay? Now, in the beginning right now there, you should understand that this is some unknown place, you know? I mean, Jesus, God, Holy Spirit existed before the beginning of our time, of what we know as time, okay? So this is just simply saying that in the beginning, in some unknown, unknown place in time, was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now we know that the Word is referred to, Jesus Christ is referred to as the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, okay? So Jesus was always with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So here we see that Jesus actually was the active part of creation, You know, one person I heard say so many years ago, an interesting analogy there, is that God the Father in the creation um, events, God the Father said, um, light be, in the original Hebrew, light be. And then Jesus, like the prime contractor, activated the light switch, and then by him flipping the switch, the power that made the light was the Holy Spirit, okay, So Jesus was very, very active in the creation because it says all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men and the light shined in the darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. Now that gets deeper and deeper because also the darkness of man, you know, and man of course did not comprehend where Jesus, Jesus was coming from. But the first thing I just want to point out here was that Jesus, whose birth we are celebrating this Christmas, was always with God, okay? Now, this was, of course, in the spirit realm, okay? He existed. He was always there, and we need to understand that, okay? That he is part of the Godhead, and he always existed in the spirit realm. So now, as we know, at some point in time, when man started sinning and so forth, and after, after creation and Man started populating the earth, and we know the history there. Man started sinning and got so bad that Jesus said, I need to send someone that can save mankind, to redeem them back to me again. And I need someone that is sinless, that is without sin. So we see here, this is where the whole concept of gift-giving actually started. Because if we go to John 3.16, go to John 3.16, and we see here, uh, let me just get my tablet here going, John three, sixteen, and you know the familiar scripture there. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Okay? So here we see that God said, well, the one that can save mankind that will be without sin is indeed my son. Okay? Part of the Godhead, part of me, I'm going to send him down to the earth there to be manifested in the flesh so that he can go through and preach my gospel and to save mankind. So for God, he did that because he loved the world. I mean, that God loved you so much, even before you were born, okay, that he wanted to sacrifice his only begotten son. So he loved the world. He gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life, okay? So there the stage was set. God the Father says, I'm going to send forth my son. Whoever believes in him, really believes in him, in, his, in their heart shall have eternal life. And this is where we stand today. If you believe in Jesus Christ, you've asked him to be your Lord and Savior, and you believe in your heart that he is the son of the living God, and you've repented of your sin, then you indeed have eternal life, okay? So relative to Christmas, gift-giving, God indeed gave the ultimate gift. God had a plan for giving this gift to mankind, as I said, to redeem us from sin. Now, to recap a little bit here, OK, and to see Jesus' birth lineage. OK, I want you to clearly understand who the man Jesus was and, and his whole birth thing, because, you know, so oftentimes we, we think about the Christmas story, so to speak, and we jump right away to the babe in the manger. You know, and that's what we think about. But Let's really try to understand who Jesus is. All right. So we are going to look at his lineage. Why God, God, the master planner, why God always had a plan in bringing him into this earth. OK, so we're going to do that by going to Isaiah 11, verse number one. Isaiah 11, verse number one. And it says there, and there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse. That is a prophecy. It shall come forth. So there shall come forth out of the rod of the stem of Jesse and a branch, a branch shall grow out of his roots and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Okay, so here we see right there, right there where it says that Jesus and there shall, verse one, and there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, out of Jesse, and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Okay, so he's saying here now that there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse. Now, Jesse, who is this Jesse? And what do we know about this Jesse? So now this is talking about lineage. So if we go to Matthew 1 1, go to Matthew 1 1. Okay. Now, we're going to see a whole lot of begats here, okay? All right. we're going to see a whole lot of begats. But if you have a, a highlighter or a marker or something, a, a pencil, or a pen or something, I'd like you to, to mark in your Bible as you trace through what the Bible is talking about here, okay? Matthew one one, the book of the generation, the book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham, okay? Now, here, understand what that is saying? Generation of Jesus Christ, who is the son of David and the son of Abraham. Now, this is, this, is, this is Jesus' lineage. Abraham begat Isaac, and Isaac begat Jacob, and Jacob begat Judas and his brethren, okay? And then you see a whole lot of other begats there. Judas begat Phares and, and Zamar of, of Thamar and so forth. And I want to jump then to verse number six. And Jesse begat David. There it is. Jesse begat David the king, and David the king begat Solomon, okay? You no know, King Solomon. This is Jesus lineage. Now, then we go down to verse number 16 and Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who was called Christ, who was called Christ. OK, so we see right there where that other scripture said uh, the rod will, uh, a rod will come from the stem of Jesse. We see there Jesse tracing right through to David, to, to Solomon, to David and then to Jacob, who begat Joseph, who begat, uh, I'm sorry, Joseph who married Mary, the husband of Mary, of whom was uh, uh, born Jesus, who was called the Christ. So that is just, I just wanted you to see how the Bible there, in God's planning, he always has a design, all right? And here he is giving us information to show and to trace exactly how Jesus, in his earthly form, okay, in his earthly form, just, just what um, special blood he had, if you will. OK, and how God indeed designed for him to come into this world, how to be born. All right. So we can see here where prophecy became reality in the giving of the ultimate gift, Jesus Christ. OK, you can see how that was planned. So now now if we go to Luke, let's start looking at the, the, the announcement or the annunciation, as it's called, the angelic annunciation of Jesus' birth. We go to Luke 1, verse 26. Luke 1, verse 26. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent uh, from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. Now, we just traced the lineage before, right? Of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail. Thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed art thou among women. Now, this is where the Catholics get that expression from, Mary, blessed art thou among women. This is where that is stemming from. Verse number 29, and when she saw him, she was troubled at the saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. In other words, why is he bringing me this kind of greeting? Okay, why is he talking about this? And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great and he shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father, David. He's referring to his father, David, the lineage again. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom, there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, well, how shall this be, seeing I know not a man? All right. Now, this is in the days where they knew nothing about artificial insemination. There was no scientific methods to get her pregnant in this way. And so now she's wondering, well, gee, how is this going to happen? Because I, I, I've never been with a man. So how is that going to be? Okay. How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. And the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore, also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Now, can you imagine what was going through Mary's mind? That she was going to become pregnant? And that that the baby that she was going to bear was going to be called the Son of God? Can you imagine something like that happening to you in your life? Anything so miraculous and so mind-blowing and especially in, their, in her particular case where she hadn't even been with a man. So how is this ever going to be? Verse 36 says, and behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, thy cousin Elizabeth, she has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. Now, Elizabeth, her cousin, this is, the, this is talking about the mother of John the Baptist. Okay, so Jesus, if, if, um, if Elizabeth is Mary's cousin, so it means that John the Baptist would be Jesus what second cousin, okay? If if Mary and uh, Elizabeth are first cousins, so John the Baptist and Jesus would be second cousins, all right? So he so God here in scripture is talking about behold thy cousin Elizabeth, she she has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren, for with God nothing shall be impossible. All right? So what 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 he is saying to her here is that If you think this is impossible, what I am saying is about to happen to you, becoming pregnant and having not been with a man, also consider what's happening with your cousin who who has been considered barren because she is of old age, but she also, she also is going to be pregnant, okay? And as a matter of fact, it says, and is the sixth month with her. So she was already six months along, okay? So what the angel went on to say here, for with God, nothing shall be impossible, And I say this to you today, and this is one of the greatest things that atheists and people that are non-believers and unbelievers, they always say, well, how could that have been? I mean, if she really had not been with a man, no way could she have become pregnant. With God, nothing is impossible. And that goes for us today. Nothing is impossible. You had a situation in your life going on that you just think there's no way out. You don't see how it's going to come to pass, what you're praying will, will come to pass. You, you don't see any way of that happening. With God, nothing is impossible. The job you're hoping for that you don't feel qualified for, nothing is impossible with God. God can get you that job if that is what is in the, is in, is in God's plan for you. It will indeed come to pass. So don't be thinking that something in your life that is just, you know, by, by human standards, you don't see how it could come into fruition. With God, nothing, 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 nothing is impossible. And this is what we need to remember this Christmas season, too. We've got this Christmas season coming on. Christmas Day will be here in a few days, and and then we've got the new year coming up. Maybe you're praying for things to happen in the new year. Just think that nothing, nothing, nothing is impossible with God, and you have to always make sure you remember that, okay? All right? And then Mary said in verse number 38, and Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Okay. So at this point, what she was basically saying, behold the man, in other words, here I am, behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. So in other words, like Jesus prayed in the garden at Gethsemane, not my will, Father, but your will. So she is submitting to God here, being it, be it unto me according to thy word. She submits, okay, Lord, I don't understand it, I don't understand how this is going to happen. I've never been with a man, but you're telling me I'm going to become pregnant with the son of, and, and the baby will be the son of God. shall so will be called the son of God. So, okay, Lord, what she's saying, God, be it according to thy word. Okay? And again, relating to us, this is where we need to get to in our lives. Be it unto me according to thy word. In other words, Lord, have your way with my life. Have your will with my life. Let your will be done in my life, be it unto me according to your word. Okay, and God has a word over you. God has a word over you. You might hear it through prophetic utterance. Holy Spirit may may whisper it in your ear. You may feel it in your spirit through Holy Spirit. The Lord may talk to you in a dream, but we need to start submitting to God and not according to my will, Lord, but according to your will. Stop trying to fight battles for yourself. Stop trying to reason and understand why things are happening or why things are not happening, but just give it to God and let God's will be done in your life. You'll find that you will will live a stress-free life. You'll find that that anxiety will will disappear in your life. You'll You'll see that that worry will disappear in your life if you can just say to the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word, and simply give in and submit to him. You know, you know. So this is where you find peace in life. This is where you find peace. If you can give it to God and trust God, then you don't have anything to worry about. And just know that even though you don't see what's going on, even though you don't feel what's going on, even though you can't hear what's going on, even though you can't sense what's going on, just reconcile the fact to yourself that God is on your case. He's on the case there in terms of, of looking after you, looking over you. And that nothing, if God is working on your behalf, then nothing is impossible. Simple as that. Nothing. Maybe it's impossible to you. You can't understand why or how. But with God, it's not. So we need to start being like Mary in this regard here. Be it unto me according to thy word. Okay. Now, the rest of Luke number one. It's about the birth of John the Baptist. John the Baptist, and I'm not going to because remember God said here that your cousin Elizabeth is already who was considered barren. You know, no one ever thought she'd have a baby. Okay, is six months uh, with John the Baptist. So the rest of uh, chapter one, Luke one, goes into you know, the birth of John the Baptist. So what I want to do now is to go down to uh, Luke two, verse one. Go down to Luke two. Verse number one. And it says here, it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made with Cyrenius, uh, was governor of, of Syria. And all and all went to be taxed, every one unto his own city. Okay. Now the scripture here says tax, but, but it was actually it was a registration or if you will, it was a census, okay? So a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world, the, world, the known world, you know, which was the Roman Empire, which was a large part of the planet at that particular time, okay? And they would have to go back into their own city. So this was a registration or a census, okay? Now, this is where we see, this is where we see how God uses the affairs of man to bring about his will or his plan, Okay? This is something that was going on, this this tax, this censor that had to take, census that had to take place. And God is using this now for his own purpose. Okay, everyone, verse number three, all went to be taxed, everyone unto his own city. And Joseph, verse four, and Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David. Remember, we read David there. David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. You see what's happening here? Okay. We just read read about the lineage. Okay. 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 Joseph, he was of the lineage of the house of David. The interesting thing here, by the way, is that it says, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. The word Bethlehem means house of bread. Okay. Bethlehem translated means the house of bread. Okay. Because he was of the house and lineage of David. House of bread, Bethlehem. Jesus Christ is also is referred to as the bread of life. So I just find that kind of a little interesting factoid, if you will, okay? Bethlehem, house of bread, Jesus, bread of life, all right? Because he was of the house and lineage of David, verse 5, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. So this is where she gave birth, in other words. And she brought forth brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Okay? No place for the baby to be born. So they put him in a manger, in a barn, around other animals. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock. By night, And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. They were very afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day, unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. This is where we see Jesus being referred to as the Christ, the anointed one. Okay, And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe, underline that word babe there. You shall find um, the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, "Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known unto us." Now they want to go see what the angels talked about here, and they came with haste, and they ran. In other words, they rushed. They didn't drag their feet. They were in a hurry. They wanted to see what this was, what was going on. They came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Okay, underline that word "babe" again. Okay and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad saying, uh, the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. And Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. She's wondering, hmm, this is interesting now what's playing out here. Here I'm having this baby and these angels are singing and saying all these things and praising God. What's going on here? You know, she's, she's thinking about all of these things. She pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, as it was told unto them. And when eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus and was so named of the angel and was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Okay. Call him J- Jesus. Okay, so here we see Jesus the Christ, Jesus the anointed one, Jesus Messiah. So we see there that, that uh, this is where it's talking about, about Jesus being born and be, being referred to here as a babe. Then we move forward in time here to an important part of the birth of Jesus event timeline. If we go to Matthew 2, verse number 1. Matthew 2, 1, praise God. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, where is he that is born king of the Jews? We have seen this star in the east and are come to worship him. They saw the star way in the east. They followed it, and they wanted, wanted to come here to worship him. Verse number three says, when Herod, the king, had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Okay? Now, he was troubled. Why? Because he sensed that this king that is about to be born, king of the Jews, that's going to impact his throne. He was feeling really threatened here. He started wondering, well, what is going on here? This child is being called a king of the Jews, so what's, what's going on? So he started to be concerned. He was very troubled, as it says here. Verse number four goes on to say, and when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. Okay, so now he's saying, now I got to find out what's going on here. So he wanted to know where is this child going to be born? He said unto them, in Bethlehem of Judea, they said unto him in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, and thou Bethlehem in the land of Judah, Art not the least? Art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. All right. So now they they reminded uh, Herod yeah, of what the prophecy was saying. All right. Then Herod, when he had privately called privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star the star appeared. Now when it says that that, that uh, he inquired of them diligently, this means that he must have really been upset. Okay, I mean this was not just a passing thing. Hey, where was the star born? He really wanted to know. He really wanted to know where and when was this was the star? Uh, When did it appear? Okay? What time? What time did the star appear? Because now he's getting really, really upset and nervous here that someone is coming here to overthrow him, to threaten his kingdom. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently. Okay. Now, this is not a casual search, but you go and search diligently. I mean, you really put your shoulder to it here. I mean, you guys go and find out, go and find out. It says there, search diligently for the young child. Now, underline the word young child, because before we saw Jesus being referred to as the babe. Now here it's saying, search for the, the young child. And when you have found him, bring me word again, that I may come and worship him also. Please underline that, that I may come and worship him also. Now, you know good and well Herod, whose throne was being threatened here. His mind was in a tiz. I mean, he was really upset about this possibly happening. Now he's lying and saying, let me know where he is because I want to go worship him. Worshiping the baby Jesus was the furthest thing from his mind. Herod wanted to do away with him. He wanted to stop him. He wanted to stop him so that he could not grow to do, to do anything that would threaten his throne. So he li- out and out lied, so that I may come and worship him. It goes on to say there in verse number nine, when they had heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them, till they came and stood over where the young child was. Underline that word again, those words, young child. Gone from a babe now to a young child. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child on the line. Please, again, we see they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Okay? So they presented these gifts to them. Okay? And where it says there that they presented, and that means that they didn't just give it to him, but they kind of, ceremoniously presented the gifts. They probably bowed down before him or what have you. But it didn't say they, he, they just gave it, but they presented the gifts, all right? And it says gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Incidentally, by the way, there are three gifts mentioned there, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. This is where the popular um, idea that there were three wise men. The Bible does not say there were three. The Bible does not say how many wise men there were. It merely mentions these three gifts: gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And so, over the history, over history, there we've just kind of come to, to believe that there were just three wise men because they mentioned gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But you search Scripture; there's no mention of exactly how many wise men there were. Okay, I'm not saying that there were hundreds. I don't know. I don't. Know. All I'm just saying to is that it does not mention how many. Gold, frankincense, mm-hmm. and Myrrh is where we get the three wise men from. Just as, as a side note there, okay? Uh, verse number 12, and being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way, okay? You see, God knew, it, knew what Herod was up to. God did not want them to go back and report to Herod exactly where the young child was, okay? So they went back, back in, a, in a, another direction there, okay? They, God said, do not go back there. God uh, being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, They departed into their own country another way. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream saying, arise and take the young child again. Take the young child, not babe. Take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt and be thou there until I bring thee word for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. See? God knew what he was up to, as I said before, whereas Herod said before, oh, let me know where he is so I can go and worship him. God knew that was a lie. God knew that Herod wanted to destroy him, wanted to kill him. So God now, again, the master planner here, the master strategist, he said that the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and says, get up, take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt. So go to Egypt. OK, and stay there until I bring thee word for Herod wants to kill and destroy the young child. Verse number 14 says, when he arose, he took the young child, again, underline young child, and his mother by night and departed into Egypt and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled what was spoken of of the Lord by the prophet saying, out of Egypt have I called my son. Okay, so again, we see here prophecy fulfilled. Out of Egypt, out of Egypt, out of Egypt have I called my son. Okay, so he's saying to stay there until I call you out. Okay, then 16 goes kind of goes back and says, then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceedingly wroth. He was very angry and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem and in all the coasts thereof from two years old and under, underline that please, from two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. So now we see here that the reason why the scripture here kept saying young child, young child, because Herod knew that you know, some time had passed from the time that Herod was, was, uh, was seeking the baby or the young child. And so Herod said to be, to be safe, it's got, it had, had to have been at least two years. So he says, killed every single child from two years of age and under. Right? What a horrible thing to do. What a horrible thing to do. So some time had passed between the time that Jesus was actually born, until the time that Herod was trying to hunt him down, the visit of the wise men and so on. Okay, so Herod said, "I know that it's been at least two years from the time that the wise men mentioned the star and when it was going to be where, where and when he was going to be born." So I'm going to to be safe, kill every child from two years of age and under. All right, all right, horrible thing, horrible thing. But Herod is the personification of Satan himself. Satan did not want Jesus to come into adulthood. Satan did not want Jesus to be walking the land, preaching the gospel, preaching the good news. Satan did not want Jesus to, to change the minds and the hearts of the Jewish people. Satan did not want Jesus to succeed. And we know as going on through, I mean, you know, you, you jump past his birth and get into it right after Jesus was uh was baptized by John the Baptist and he came up out of the water and, and God the Father said, there you know, and the Holy Spirit fell on him. You are my son in whom I am well pleased and so on like that. And Jesus went into the wilderness and the devil tried to tempt him there to stop him. And ultimately as Jesus went on to the cross, the devil thought he had him at the crucifixion and that's where Satan's fate was, 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 uh, was sealed. The devil thought he had him when he went to the cross. But we see here at this early time through Herod, Satan wanted to stop Jesus. So he had her do this awesome task, kill all of those babies two years of age and under, okay? According to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet. Even the killing of these babies was uh, was prophesied by Jeremiah, which said, in Ramah, was there a voice heard, lamentation and weeping, and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and would not be comforted because they were not. This prophecy is referring back to what Herod had done. Okay. It's referring to what Herod had done. Okay. Well, I should say being that it was a prophecy, it was referring to what Herod will do in the killing of the of the children. So there was lamentation and weeping and great mourning, what Rachel weeping for her children, and would not be comforted because they were not. Okay. So you see that the devil wanted to stop Jesus. But Herod, verse number 19, but when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, arise and take the young child and his mother and go into the land of Israel, for they are dead, which sought the young child's life. Again, God orchestrating, God orchestrating, God orchestrating. When we are going through these difficult challenging times in life and we think the worst is going on, the worst things possible are happening right now in my life. Don't think that God has forgotten and has just overlooked what's going on in your life. He has indeed a plan. The same way God meticulously walked through and orchestrated the birth of Jesus The same way God orchestrated and walked Joseph and Mary through the plot by Herod to kill him. God said, go here and you stay and wait until word from me. And then at the right time, God said, now you come out and you go here. God is saying that to you. God is saying to you, you go here, do this. You do this and and, and just hold tight. Just hold tight. You may not understand the reasoning behind it, but he's saying to you, go here, do this, say this, and then just hold tight. At the right time, I will bring you forth. At the right time, I will bring you out of what you are in and bring you into your, remember I talked about promised lands, and bring you into your promised land. But in the meantime, God may have you in a holding pattern because he wants to keep you safe. He doesn't want you harmed. God may have you in a holding pattern in a place right now where you don't quite understand, but simply just stay there. Just stay there and watch and pray and wait. Because at the appointed time, at the appointed hour, God will say to you, okay, now is the time to come out. Now is the time to come out, okay? Verse 19 again, but when Herod was dead, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, arise, arise. Take the young child and his mother, again, young child, not a baby, but young child and his mother and go into the land of Israel, for they are dead, which sought the young child's life. God says, now it's safe. God will say to you when the time is right for you to come out, so to speak, and go into the next level, wherever God wants you to be. And he arose and he arose and took the young child and his mother and came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus did reign in Judea in the room of his father Herod, or in the place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. Notwithstanding, being warned of God in a dream, he turned aside into the parts of Galilee, and he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth. He came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets, again, prophecy, by the prophets, he shall be called a Nazarene. Now, we know that Jesus was referred to as the Nazarene or the Nazarene, okay? So here we see a side of the birth events of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Many times, don't don't discuss. You know, we usually talk about, you know, them being in the fields, the angels coming and him in the manger, the, 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 the nativity scene, so to speak. But I'm bringing this to you today because I want you to see how the devil from the very beginning here, wanted to stop the ministry of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. He wanted to stop it at birth, okay? He did not want God's plan to be carried out through Jesus. Satan knew and he knows what a threat Jesus Christ is to him. He knows that, but he refuses to acknowledge it. But his knee shall bow. The word of God says every single knee shall bow and Satan's knee will bow to Jesus too, okay? At the end, he indeed shall bow. But in the meantime, he wants to keep on just coming at us, coming at Jesus' followers. He does not want us to understand the significance of Jesus' birth, that we celebrate so much during this time called Christmas. You know, and the interesting thing about Christmas is that, you know, it, 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 if you if you watch and, and you see and 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 feel what's going on around us, even at Christmas time, look how much Christmas has gotten away. From the real meaning of Christmas, what it's really all about. Jesus is indeed the reason for this season. It kind of sounds kind of overworked, we say it so much, but really understand that. One way to understand and see how we are subtly, silently, kind of quietly, just getting more and more away. Look how commercialized it is, how many are really talking about Jesus when it comes to Christmas season. You see that right after Thanksgiving, people start decorating their homes for Christmas and so on like that. But look at the types of decorations that we see that are out there today. Drive through your neighborhood. My wife and I do. Drive through the neighborhood and just kind of just, just kind of count. How many house decorations, home decorations do you see that have anything to do with Jesus Today. When I was coming up, I mean, you know, there were crosses, I mean, nativity scenes, I mean, all sorts of things that were referring to Jesus. But today you see everything but Jesus being displayed, beautiful displays on these. I mean, they look so colorful. They're nice to drive through, you know, and you know it's Christmas time and so on. But look at the ornaments that are there. How many nativity scenes do you see? How many references to Jesus do you even see? They got the Grinch out there. They've got spacemen, they got Snoopy uh, characters from Disney. I mean, you got it. You name it, and it's out there. But nothing really to do with Jesus Christ at the time of his birthday, you see. And I personally believe that that is a very, very subtle in-your-face plan of Satan also to get Jesus out of the picture. You know, in many places you go and you, you know you go and go into the malls there, and if someone's standing there ringing a bell, you know, and they'll say Caesar's greetings." My wife and I shout back, Merry Christmas. You see, happy holidays on all sorts of Christmas, quote unquote Christmas cards. You go look in the, uh, what do you call it, section there where the cards are, hallmark section where the cards are, and how many say season's greetings or or, or whatever, you know, whatever thing. But how many do you see that say Merry Christmas? I mean, you will find some in the, in the uh, greeting section. Don't get me wrong, of course. But the point that I'm making here is that how much has Jesus been just quietly just pushed out? of the celebration and the preparation process for this particular uh, time of year, for Christmas, you see. So again, the whole point that I'm trying to make here, not to digress and get into into so much there, but Satan wanted to stop Jesus using Herod in this particular case. And he's still trying to do that. He's trying to get Jesus out of our minds. So during this, this Christmas time, during Christmas day, focus on Jesus Christ, the real, again, I say, meaning. Reason for the season. I mean, the, 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 this is all about the birth of Jesus. Don't let it get diluted by anyone or anything. Don't let Jesus get out of your mind. Satan wishes we would all just stop thinking about Him. Jesus just wishes wishes Jesus would quietly go away. Satan wishes that Jesus would just stop being in the minds and in the hearts of, of all these people, okay. and we see that in terms of what's happening around us. Okay. We see it in the politicians, we see it on TV, we see it in the news. All right? So we cannot let that happen. We cannot afford to let that happen. Let God continue to orchestrate your life. As, as I said, then we were looking at Mary there. With God, nothing is impossible. Submit to God with your life. Okay, Not my will, Lord, but your will. He will indeed take you to where he wants you to be. And if he does that, then you, I'm telling you, you will benefit so much, okay? You'll have joy in your life, you'll be worry-free, you, you just feel so light as you're going through the day because you know that God is there and he's in control, very much in control, okay? So during this Christmas season, as we approach Christmas Day, I say to you, I hope you have a very Merry Christmas, a joyous and a very blessed Christmas. Remember, with friends and families who Jesus is in your life. And if people are around you don't know Jesus Christ, now is the time to definitely speak of him so that they too can have a wonderful, blessed, joyful uh, Christmas. Amen? Amen? But before we go, that uh, I pray that if this message has been a blessing to you, then let others know where we can be found. We can be found at www.genesis1.sermon.net, www.genesis1.sermon.net. Look at the top of the page and you'll see a subscribe button. Click on that subscribe button and you'll be notified when these messages are available to you. Uh, we're on YouTube also, Genesis One Christian Ministries. Uh, we also have apps, free apps, no charge, free apps for Apple and Android devices. You can download them at the app stores for Android, app store for Apple. Uh, just download them again free of charge. Download you can, uh, These sermons, when you're playing them, by the way, on the apps or on the website there, they can be downloaded. Uh, In video form or audio only, download free of charge again and save for future reference or for you to pass on and share with someone else. Amen. Amen. And again, it's all there free of charge. All we want to do is to get the word of God out in the name of Jesus. Amen. And also, by the way, if you're uh, in the area, why don't you stop by and worship with us live? Okay, Uh, we're at uh, 2651 Commercial Street, Southeast in Salem, Oregon. That's in the uh, Candelaria section of uh, Salem there and uh, 2651 Commercial Street. And services start at 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Amen. So come on by and join us uh, for prayer. We'll pray with you, pray for you, and and we'll just fellowship and worship together and listen to the Word of God. Amen, amen. So again, I say, uh, have a merry and a blessed Christmas. Go forth and be blessed. And remember always that Jesus is indeed Lord.